Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast, where we talk about all the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. Uh, with me this week are two amazing co-hosts, Alex Zebart and Ann Stickney. Uh, Alex, at this point, I'm supposed to ask you how you are this week. Oh, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Have you been doing anything interesting? Hmm? Anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, uh, I'm good. I'm sorry. Uh, we just did like a thousand takes of that intro, and uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'm fine. Hi, everybody. Next up, uh, Anne. How are you doing? Hi. I'm good. You're muting your. You're muting your microphone, aren't you? I was. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Hi. So, anything going with you this week? With me? Um, no, I was on vacation last week, so I did, like, lots of things. Some right. of which I can't talk about, so sorry. Did but I played a lot of... Huh? Was the goats thing last week or the week before? The goats thing was last week, because I did that before the last show. But I was off, like, for the entire week. So I went all over the place and did all kinds of things and some stuff. Um, I played a lot of Mass Effect and finally finished the whole series, which was fun. And um, I got a lot of other stuff done that was just like projects and various things. I was going to bake cookies. I didn't get around to baking cookies. My family's very sad about this. As, as one might expect. Oops. Can't, can't go promising cookies and then not deliver. That's, that's just bad. It's, it's okay. I, they, will be, they will be created at some point. Just not tonight because I had a lot of things going on tonight, including this show. Okay. Go figure. Well, we usually talk about the top news at this point of the show. So, um, first up, the thing, first thing I noticed was that the Warcraft movie prequel novel is available for pre-order now. That's a pretty big deal because we hadn't heard much about it. Um, it's Christy Golden, I believe. Yes. Yes. So that's that's exciting. Um, and so this is this novel is going to be whatever alternate history they have for the movie, as opposed to like the World of Warcraft timeline. Right. Yeah, it's it's the it's the boiled down Warcraft movie universe. It's yeah, it's from the movie universe is what it's from. Um, so it's like 
in its own kind of separate, like when I put it on the chronological guide, it's probably just going to be in its own section away from everything else. Cause it's not really included in the main lore canon, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it definitely, that's, that is what they have done. But I was, I was just interested because we hadn't heard anything about it and it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't want to sound like grumpy or anything. I mean, you know, I usually do. So I try to stay away from it, but I just, they have not had a lot of tie in media, this expansion. Nope. No. And it's, it's been kind of a sore spot for me. It's one of you the You would think that, that this would have been the expansion where they could have done so many things and they just, they didn't. Not yeah, they did the comics. They did the comics before the expansion came out, basically giving you the backstory of the, of the expansion. Like well, how was- did this happen? There was the one with Gul'dan and the Stranger. There was a Black Hand one, and then there was the one with Fenris that came out. And the one yeah, that and f- with Fenris came out like way after the expansion was already out, and everybody had played through Frostfire Ridge. It, yeah, it felt like it should have been released when the expansion was released. I don't know. And they did the uh, two stories. They did the Hellstream one, and then they did the one set in uh, the the Ogre place, which his name is escaping me at the moment. The first raid, Highwall. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The, uh, the Imperator um, Martok Imperator. or whatever. Imperator, yes. Yeah, and that's basically been it. Really, it hasn't been a lot. Uh, I guess you, you should. Ca- I guess we should count the uh, the cinematics they put out. Not the did, cinematics. Did we the mention the Arakoa one? Yeah, there was the Arakoa one too. I, I, I do think. I think they did put out a fair amount of tie-in media in this expansion. It was just. Uh, it didn't it was feel very, like that much because it was, it was all a very lot low impact. Like, there was I a don't lot think we... more that came out with Pandaria. Yeah. And the Pandaria stuff, I mean, there were like, how many books came out? At least two. There were like a Vol- couple of books, but the short stories, the short stories were really kind of what hammered it home. Because there was a short story for every faction introduced in the game. And there were a lot of factions introduced in Miss of Pandaria. Yeah. So yeah. There, was, uh, there was that, and then there was the comic with... Um, uh, Pearl of Pandaria, and then there was Lily's Travel Journal, which was another side. Th- there was a lot of stuff that came out with Pandaria, and for some reason, Warlords of Draenor just didn't get the same treatment, which I, it was really disappointing to me. Yeah, at the risk but, of just being that guy again and just complaining about Legion, I feel like I didn't really care about the tie-in stuff just because I, I wasn't interested in the subject matter to begin with. I think if I was more into like the ogre storyline, I would say, "Oh, cool! Like a high mall short story." But as it is, I'm like, I don't care about high mall. I'm not even going to read that. See, I, my thing is like I was thinking about this because the Shao Hao movie came out, the the animated short came out during Miss of Pandaria, and it then was they did the end. Yeah, they, they did the Lords, you know, the Lords of War shorts for 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 uh, warlords and and some some ways the lords of war stuff was better it was really good i mean just watching them as shorts was really good but it didn't have as much of an impact i guess because well, they was... also came out before the expansion did yeah so it was so like... it wasn't really like tie-in material that came in while the expansion was going on the short stories from mr pandaria they were all just kind of slowly introduced over the course of mr pandaria's run you know so yeah. I was just I was hoping I was hoping to see there's a lot of lore moments that there there were a lot of potential moments with Warlords of Draenor that I felt really could have like used short stories because it would have been interesting. Like anything with Ural, anything with uh Thrall interacting with the Frostwolves, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the aftermath of Garrosh Hellscream's death. 
Like, I wanted to see how the individual people... And I wanted to see more about, like, Cadgar. It would be great. It would have been great to see some kind of short story about Cadgar and how he'd gotten to where he'd gotten and, you know... It might just be an issue of creative bandwidth at Blizzard as far as what they're putting... Because Legacy of the Void is releasing quite soon. Mm -hmm. And Legacy of the Void had one of those animated shorts like Lords of War. Just recently, it actually it, out. it reminded actually that the short that they put out for uh, Legacy of the Void reminds me of when they put out for Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. The the Diablo Wrath one, which was a little different. It's actually Which was fantastic. It was beautiful. They have that. I think just today they released a schedule of StarCraft related short stories. It feels like they were all of that stuff that people might have expected for this Warcraft expansion were put towards their other new releases, Legacy of the Void and whatever else. And is that is that an excuse or a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but I can see that being a possibility. We'll say this much though that the the Lords of the Lords of War Mirage short was fantastic. It was fantastic, and again, once again, it goes to to prove the hobby horse that I've been riding this entire expansion. That when they covered the Draenei stuff, Warlords of Draenor was fascinating, and when they covered the Orc stuff, Warlords of Draenor was boring because. It, at best, to you, stuff, no, I honestly think there's a certain amount of even people who really are into orc lore, and I am to some extent. Kind of like, the best you get is that it's the stuff you already know, and if it's not the stuff you already know, like like look what happened with Orgrim. I was like, kind of irritated that they didn't expand because this this would have been the vehicle in which to expand on all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly, and they didn't take advantage of that and it kind of made me sad yeah it's not that orc lore is boring it's that we didn't really get a lot of it in a way i mean everyone says orcs 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 but we didn't get any lore we just had a lot of orcs do you know what i mean they were just kind of all over the landscape because they lived on Panor. yeah the one lore moment i really remember and i actually even really like is when you're the end of frost uh frostfire ridge the end of the frostfire ridge story when uh, and I can't remember his name, but he's the really angry orc who, who's who's uh, Durotan's brother, Garad. Yeah. Oh, not, not, his no. Not no, Garad is. Um, Garad's her father. Yeah. Garad's her father. I can't remember his name right now. Um, the guy who's like when you first see him, he's got a poop shovel, and he's yeah, like, you I know, know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Oh, his Gnar. Name. Gnar. Gnar. Thank you, Gnar. That guy, his end bit there. That's actually really cool. Like it's a cool little moment where he's like, you know he's come full circle from when he challenges his brother to Makora and he's like, no, you, you lead our people and he runs in and stuff happens. And quite frankly, the, the video has been online for months, so I don't feel that bad about talking about it. But the point is that that's a new moment. That's actual lore for some of the, but we don't get a lot of it. Like there really isn't a lot to see. Like that's one of the things that's really weird about warlords for all that. A lot of us complained about it having tons of it being more orc stuff. You don't actually get a lot of orc stuff. I mean, I, like, I the Doomhammer shows up and you don't see him. The biggest I, waste of time to me in Warlords was the ogres because it seemed like with short story and the stuff in game, it seemed like they really wanted the ogres on Draenor to be more interesting than other ogres. But I don't feel it was that creative. It's like, okay, we're gonna have ogres and it's kind of gonna be fake Rome, but we don't do anything cool with them. And you beat them up like any other ogre, and they're not that interesting. And okay, never mind. You know, I wanted to see what happened after the garrison quest that sends you out to help Drek'thar. Yeah, because some cool stuff happened. 
at the pinnacle of that particular quest chain. And if you're Horde and you've done the Garrison quest chain, then you know what I'm talking about here. Some cool stuff happened there. And then we didn't hear anything about it afterwards. And I want to know what happened to the guy. I'm kind of invested in knowing what happened to the guy. This is interesting yep. to me. We should probably move on and do some emails, but I agree yeah. with you that they, they wasted that opportunity because, you know, it's it's a pretty big setup and it puts Drekthar in, a, in like a position we've never seen him in before. Yeah. And then nothing. And then, yeah, and then, nothing. Yeah. I was, I was just kind of like, huh, what else happened this week? Uh, I think at this point we should go to emails because we've been talking about this for 13 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So... All right, fine. Lieutenant, the <laughs> Lieutenant Morales ability preview is up. Yeah, Lieutenant Morales is finally on the PTR Peers of the Storm. Uh, she is the newest support character for Heroes. She's a, a pretty... Well, there are support characters like Tassadar that are kind of hybrid DPS support. Not really healers, but they're support anyway. Lieutenant Morales is pretty much straight up support. She heals. She applies buffs. Uh, she doesn't seem like she can do much on her own. So she'll probably be pretty awesome for... You know, competitive play, maybe. She doesn't have a lot of mobility, so she might just be gank bait. But if you're playing her in solo queue or whatever, probably not going to be very fun to play. Because it seems like she's totally reliant on her teammates being there with her. And that doesn't always happen with... Well, yeah, but like Taronda is a healer, but she can totally hold her own. Yeah. Whereas Lieutenant Morales is, if you don't have somebody with you, you're probably dead in the water. Yeah, Morales' big ability is the group move thing. Group yeah. Move. You, you move your entire group to one like one spot. Yeah, you can uh, <laughs> su- support uh, dropship. You can call in the dropship, and your whole team can load in, and you can automatically move everybody to another place on the map. And that's one option for the ultimate, which is probably going to be the really fun one to watch in competitive play. But her other one is a stim drone that increases an ally's attack uh, attack speed by 75%, I think. Jeez! Which will also be crazy to watch on characters like Illidan, the Butcher, uh, maybe Tychus, who already have really high attack speed. They're just going to melt things like butter. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so she might be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know. We'll see. They also data mined Artanis, but he's not on the PTR yet. Okay. He's, but Morales uh, is on the PTR. Yeah, Morales is on the PTR. Apparently, you can play, a, sometimes you'll play against Artanis on the PTR if you queue up her versus AI. The AI just gets five random heroes, and sometimes Artanis shows up. So apparently he's there, he's just not playable. But sometimes you will play against him. Okay, apparently, now, apparently he kicks butt, so we'll see. Cool. Now we are going to actually do those emails, since we're now 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't done anything with them yet. Whatever, uh, it's fine. <laughs> anyway. Stop whining. Anyway, are you gonna, can I actually talk <laughs> at some point here, man? No. Yes, go. You know what? Go no, read it. Go. No, you read, read it. Read the, no, you read the emails, man. Okay, read fine. The chatterbox. Fine. Let me switch the tab. Okay, this is from Hellyoning, the Troll Shaman. What? You're not telling people how to send their emails in. You told me to read the email, so I was. <laughs> After you tell people how to send their emails in. Do your thing. Do it. You, you think it's so easy, man? Come on. Do it. <laughs> Anyway, look, I don't have a script. You have a script. I this don't. is not a script at this point. <laughs> Just do it. My God! If Stop you'd like to send us an email, please you, send Anne. all emails to whatever the email address is, That's which I don't, I don't know do because I don't have the email. The email podcast address at blizzardwatch.com. Yes. 
Okay, podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And now Rossi will read the emails as he is prone to do. What Jeez. if what if Cadgar has Jane I, I should tell you there's air quotes around Cadgar has Jaina locked up because she's the only real threat to his plans. In Legion we save her and she does the final boss killing blow. Suggle Kitten, Shattered Hands Horde. Uh I don't know, man. What if what if that's the case? What if that, that is what Cadgar has done? I have no way of knowing, and, and I'm not going to die. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think, think so. I don't think Blizzard th- – you know, Blizzard is not writing the story with e- evil Cadgar. I know we all like to think that they are. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like it's a fascinating idea, but I don't think that's actually true. I don't think they even get why everybody thinks Cadgar isn't acting right. Like I've, I've never seen any signs from anybody at Blizzard that they think Cadgar is doing anything unusual. I think he's doing unusual things, but that's just me. I think people are obsessed with coming up with these crazy twists, like the Jaina is a dreadlord movement. Like maybe Jaina is just Jaina. Maybe Jaina was just mad that Aramorg. Why would Jaina be a dreadlord? That's really weird. It's because of the whole, you know, people don't quite get the concept of people can be mad in fiction without them being automatically evil. You can have opposing viewpoints. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily make one of you the, the villain. Someone can actually hate the Horde, and it doesn't mean that they're automatically wrong to do so. Um, or hate the Alliance, for that matter. It's quite possible to have a character who hates the Alliance, and they're not, you know, automatically a knuckle-dragging villain. I, I don't... Kagar is, like... Kagar's a divisive figure for a lot of reasons. Like, he does seem like he's been pushed to the front here. Like, it, it, it makes sense in Legion... Like it really made sense that in Legion you'd have Kagar up front because you know he has been there the last time the Legion did this kind of thing. Although he wasn't the last time, so that is a little weird. Jaina was actually there the last time the Legion invaded. Kagar was there two invasions ago, so it's it is strange. But I, I think, don't think that means Kagar is like you know supposed to be the villain here. Kagar is more uh, orc fighty, and Jaina is demon fighty. I think. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure Jaina has at this point got her orc fighty badge. Well, yes, but when we're talking like full blown invasions, Cadgar was there for the Dark Portal. Jaina was there for World Tree Cadgar, stuff. Cadgar closed the Dark Portal not once but twice, so he's kind of got a vested interest in that whole thing. I want really. this thing stay shut. <laughs> why <laughs> won't it close? Why haven't yes. we blown it up yet? Is there an explanation for why it's it still there? The first why time we blew it up. We yeah, blew it up the first time he closed it. Why haven't we put a big wall around it so when you come out of the portal, you just smack into a brick wall? Isn't the wall would go into the portal? Why? Because then they just dig through it. it. Yeah, this isn't Stargate, man. Really, put a really, really big persistent. wall. Just cover it in concrete. Why don't they just yeah? Why don't they just bear, fill the entire crater with concrete? I mean, they don't have that much concrete, but whatever. Terraform it. Put in a couple of parks. I don't even know if they have concrete in the, in the Warcraft universe, to be completely honest. <laughs> well, they have cobblestones. They could they just, could do some nice paving. Yeah, they just drop rocks That's on. where the new Stormwind Park should go. Just build it on top of that. Yeah, I mean, that's always been the weird thing about the Dark Portal. Like, oh no, we have to be vigilant in case the portal opens again. It's like, dude, you just, you left the door open. Like, if you're afraid of somebody coming into your house, close the door. Well, they well, the, the, the first time they tried closing it is what made the crater. That's what made but, the Blasted Lands the Blasted Lands. Yeah, they blew the thing the heck up, and then they were like, okay. And then immediately, just now there was just a sparkly hole in the air. No, I just mean, like, put a door on it. 
You can't put, put a door an on a sparkly hole. The thing is, the portal doesn't actually need the portal is the problem. It doesn't need the big stone thing around it because when they blew that up, it's still the the hole in the air well, was still there and stuff the still came through it. Did they just did they just build the thing for like aesthetics? I don't even know why the current one it has a thing again. Like no one has ever explained to me to my satisfaction why there is a portal built around it again. Because Kazak wanted it to look really nice. Yeah. Who built that? Because the, the Alliance did. didn't build it. Yeah, it's like Kazak. You know, Kazakh I don't have much to do Kazak came in and said, here. "Okay, okay, we need to we need to work on this. This doesn't look good." Yeah, there's there's been a lot of just go with it's involved in the dark portal like that. But as far as Cadgar, you know, locking Jaina up because he's the real threat, we don't even know that that's what you know. As far as we know, Jaina hasn't been locked up by anybody. And quite frankly, I don't know who could do it. Like I don't even know if the entire council. She's yeah, she's kind of. Pa- there's a reason they made her the leader of the Kirin Tor. I don't think that you could just lock Jaina away. She, she took on Aethys Sunweaver and she took him out in like two seconds. Yeah. That dude barely had he, he had two mages with him and he, she took them out too and it wasn't like I was standing there watching and it was like literally a five count and everybody was down and she didn't even kill him keep in mind nope. she didn't wasn't trying to kill him she just locked him up in like no time so I mean I don't know how powerful Kagar is compared to that he might be more powerful I guess but I'm not I'm not seeing it because Jaina has got a lot more combat experience at this point I mean, she fought the Legion directly, and then she fought the Cult of the Dam before that. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking anybody's chances in a fight with Jaina to lock her up. I mean, if she was losing, I, I'm sure she'd have places to go. Like, you know, the problem with Wizards is you, when you think they're going to win, they blink away and stuff. I'm pretty sure Jaina could do the whole port away thing if she thought she was in trouble. So, yeah, yeah I got I no mean, idea. I'm hoping she's just, like, off reading a good book because everybody's a jerk. I still I, want I, her. I'm, I'm still hoping, crossing my fingers, that she found Colteris. Yeah, if she comes back with a, like an admiral hat and a pot and eye patch on, that would that would be pretty cool. And Did a you hurt your eye? Tattoos, that'd be great. Did you hurt your eye? No, I just like how it looks. I just like how it looks. Yeah. There can be a little violet eye on the eye patch. Sure. That with, a cool. skull, with a skull and crossbones over it. A wizard sailor. <laughs> Okay, the next email is from Helianing, the Troll Shaman, Draenei Monk, Undead Hunter, Dwarf Paladin, etc. from Kiljaden US. Hello everyone. As an Altaholic, I've been using the time before Legion to get one of every class to 100, or at least as close as I can. I have both Alliance and Horde characters of all classes, and it's left me wondering a few things. Why do people have a main... I suppose the question is mainly asked towards Mr. Warriors are great, but I'm wondering for input on all of you. I enjoy having variety of both gameplay and visuals while I play this game, and I like and I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around liking a single class so much you willingly make more than one of each class. Uh, one of each race, I think he meant there. Especially considering that dual spec is a thing. Likewise, I can I can I can understand preferring one faction over another, but I can't process why some people insist on painting one side as the good side or bad side. I mean, yes, Blizzard doesn't seem to be helping the, this one out much. Uh, Sylvanas is continuing Lich Queening, the the War Chief being the main villain of Mr. Pandaria, etc. But I don't really get it. Maybe it's because I'm younger and Warcraft War Three was my first game, meaning that I have the memory of the Battle of Hygel stuck in my brain says this is what Warcraft is but I just don't understand why people like to take the faction war beyond the game 
even if it's just people typing in all caps over the internet, watching people get mad over video game just baffles me. Why? Uh, well, first off, I'm going to say this. Just because people prefer one thing over the other doesn't mean they're angry about it. I actually have played Horde several times. I prefer the Alliance, and I do think the Alliance is generally the good faction compared to the Horde, but that doesn't mean I don't get that the Horde has its good people in it and so forth, story-wise. I just, generally speaking, the Horde tends to be the faction that attacks people a lot more. The Alliance tends to be the faction they attack and then, like, you know, comes back at them. But you can't really... If you have two guys in a bar and one throws a punch at the other one, that guy who threw the first punch is the guy that threw the first punch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to make fun of anybody here, honestly, but what I tend to see is, in the story, the Horde attacks something, na- notably the Alliance. The Alliance t- attacks back, and the Horde goes, hey, you can't hit me. And that's kind of the story of Warcraft. Yeah, it's... I just generally prefer the Alliance for a lot of reasons, but I, I know a lot of people who play Horde and like Horde. I'm pretty sure that one of the three people on this show <clears> has <throat> Horde mains and likes playing Horde over Alliance. <laughs> you know? um, yes. As, I, I wanted to talk more about that, but to go to your class question, here's a, here's a simple thing. Everybody likes different things. I hate playing as ranged. I hate it. I do not have fun. In any game where there's a ranged class, I don't like it. I have tried and tried and tried. Now, I'm not telling you you have to play all warriors or all melee, but I'm telling you I have more fun doing it. So I tend to do that. Even though I don't play all warriors, I played death knights. I had a monk for a while. I've got paladins. I've got shaman. But I like to be in melee a lot. That's more fun for me. I, I could sit here and give you like a 25-minute rant about it, but that's just what I like. As to why I have different ones, why not? Sometimes I like to level. My wife and I just started new characters, and we're leveling from like 1 to 100 without heirlooms just because we can. Uh, I am playing a warrior because I like it. You know, I, I could play a class I don't like, but I don't see the point. Like why? Just like you said you like variety, I don't particularly like variety. I eat the same stuff a lot. I drink the same stuff a lot, and I play the same stuff a lot. Just that's that's how I am. It's just a personal thing. Yeah, for, I don't think that answers why people have mains, though. Uh, for me, mains versus alcoholic. Uh, I'm at the point in gaming, particularly MMOs, where I would really like to play a lot of characters. I I do like trying out different classes and different, you know, just playing different stuff. I don't like playing the same thing every single day, but game mechanics, if I want to see anything at endgame, if I want to make any progression and see that harder content or get cool endgame items, they kind of require you to play one character more than the others. Unless you're going to play all of them all the time and progress all of them, you really can't. Like, there's a ceiling where it's like, okay, my alts can go this far, but I have to focus on one to keep going. And if I mean, that wasn't there, I wouldn't do it. I like playing alts, but at some point you have to pick a main to keep progressing. When you argue it's a time constraint thing, really? Yeah. Like you well, can't, you don't, if you had you know, an endless time, you could play them all. Uh, maybe, but I don't think I would find it very fun to run ten characters through a pie mall, for example, either. <laughs> I'm going to do it on one of them because I don't want to do that that often. Whereas for other content, there's more options where I can go, okay, today I'm a rogue, I'm going to do some dailies. Today I'm a mage, maybe I'll do some PvP. You know, you can kind of switch or switch it around. But if you're actually progressing, 
I don't want to run high mall on ten characters today. Okay, uh, and I have one character that I consider my main character, mostly because. Um, I'm one of those weirdos that likes to complete everything or as much of everything as possible. And trying to do that on more than one character would probably drive me slowly insane. So I play the character and I play the class that I like the best, which is a rogue currently. I mean, I may look into Demon Hunter, but even then, and and it almost limits me in a way. <laughs> A little bit because I don't want to roll a new main because I'll lose out on all that stuff that I've done on my main characters so far. You know what I mean? As far as like collecting all the titles and getting all the gear and my utterly massive transmog collection and all this other stuff. And maybe some of that stuff, maybe some of those limitations are going to kind of wave away a little bit in Legion. I have a feeling that the new transmog system may actually help out with that a lot. But I I would rather just play one character and play the heck out of that character than play a bunch of different ones. My only exception to that is I have a main character that is Horde, pretty much. I, I play Horde pretty much exclusively, except that I also have another main character that isn't quite as progressed in terms of collections, achievements, this, that, the other thing. And that character is specifically there so that I can play through the Alliance story and see what's going on over there. Cause I want to see both sides. Yeah. And I, I mean, as far as the Horde Alliance thing is concerned, I think it's fair to say that you probably are, you're as close as any of us come to playing them both. I, yeah, I play them both, but I mean, Usually when I'm doing any kind of progression or dungeon running or things like that, I play Horde to do it. When I did raiding, I was raiding on Horde. Um, I have a Horde sticker on my car. (laughs) It was pretty. (laughs) I I would probably have more Horde characters or at this point any Horde characters if I could transfer things between factions more easily. Um, When I have... You know my main because I, I have to have a main. My or, well, my main is on alliance, so most of my resources are alliance. So all of my alts end up being alliance because I don't want to start completely from scratch. So then when I'm finally like, hmm, I think I want to roll a horde character. I'm like, oh, I have nothing except may- maybe heirlooms. This isn't very fun. I don't want to start from no zero. I'm, right, no I have herbs, no gold. No ore. <laughs> I can't transfer any trade skill stuff. I just have these heirlooms. It's like I don't want to do that. I've already done that. Delete this horde character. Roll an alliance character. Yeah. So yeah, for me, I mean, for me, it's actually much less about factions than it is about specific races. I feel like playing. Yeah. Like I, I like playing Torin a lot. I think Torin are great. I don't like playing orcs, forsaken, uh, trolls, or goblins very much. And I'm kind of some days I like blood elves and some days I don't. But I have so one race my character several times over. Yeah. One race on the horde really I'm like, yay, those guys are awesome. I like I like Torin. And I don't really like anybody else. And I've played as an orc, I raided as an orc even for a while, and then I race changed them to a Torin because I was like, I'm not I can't get behind this. I remember even when I race changed him. I remember this, that. Yeah, I race changed because I went and did the thing where I helped Garage Hellscream drop a bell on like a twenty year old. Yeah. I was like I remember so- that. So let me get this straight. The war chief of the horde needs my help to drop a bell on a little spindly kid. I'm done. I'm a, I'm a torrent again. I can't stand this. Did you so, say he was a 20 year old? I don't know how old Andy he was. Like he was 15, like 15, maybe yeah. 16. 
Whatever. I'm sorry that I don't know Anduin's exact age. He was a child. <laughs> you dropped a bell on a child. <laughs> why is this even necessary? Like, seriously, couldn't we just leave? We have to hit the kid with the bell? I don't know. All right. I guess we're just jerks. It's like, that was the problem. It's we'll the just story- crush the child, okay. <laughs> the storyline, is it's really the storyline's fault more than it is. It's certainly not the players. The players are the players. Horde players, Alliance players, it's pretty much the same people, even if it's not exactly the same people. It's, you meet Pandaria, the same... Yeah. Mr. Pandaria was very uncomfortable to play as a Horde player. I will say that. It just, I was, like, it didn't feel right. I was and, having trouble with it all the way back to Cataclysm. Cataclysm wasn't quite as bad, but when you got to Mr. Pandaria, like the post-Theramore stuff, even the Theramore thing, and then the post-Theramore stuff and everything that happened on Pandaria, it it just I, – I pay attention to the story and I pay attention to what's going on around me. And everything that was going on around me was just making me increasingly uncomfortable with the faction that I'd chosen to play, which was interesting, actually. It was kind of yeah. a weird, interesting feeling and something that I haven't really – felt before playing horde so i i, I don't know i there like are some players yeah. there are some players that like that just fine i mean there are people who play the forsaken and they play the forsaken not to explore you know what's it like to be a dead person who comes back and has to try to live in a world that hates it but there are people who would straight up play these you know those things because they want to play jerks they and, want you know, to I'm, be I'm comically evil. evil yeah and that's fine that's I I played Sith when I played uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, and I'm telling you, I wasn't playing Sith for any kind of misunderstood power thing. I was straight up evil. Uh, <laughs> there's sometimes playing evil is fun. It's just you know, it's kind of hard to see. Argue. And I rolled a Forsaken. Like my first Horde character was a Forsaken priest, and the whole reason I rolled her is because I liked how they did their knees when they jumped, and their idle animation when they were peering around. I just thought that they looked charming. Which I wasn't remember- the case at all when I played through the starting zone and went, wow, <laughs> these people are horrible. But at the same time, I was like, well, maybe my Forsaken's not so horrible as all that. It's just, it's hard when you like find yourself doing quests. Like there's some quests, I think it's, I think it's the post cata revamp. There's a quest where you go out to like the Taran Mill area. And there's like one of the towns where you're like, you're burying people up to their necks. Oh so yeah, that's out in Hillsbread, Foothills, yeah. yeah. It's just like, okay, everything you're asking me to do is like, you used to just go ask me to kill people and bring you their skulls. That was kind of evil. This See, I, is dug, I dug those people out of the ground. Yeah. Because there was a choice. You could like harvest their head, which was, and there put was... them out of their misery, which was gross. Or you could dig them out of the ground and let them go. And I always dug them out of the ground and let them My go. My first character was actually a horde character. And I played Ashenvale on the horde. And I remember yeah. distinctly there was a quest chain. I think it was about like stopping the night elves from stealing back the lumber or preventing you f- or stopping them from stopping you cutting down trees. And they're like, we really need this lumber, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, so the Alliance just doesn't want the Horde to build anything. All right, that's kind of lame. And then I play Alliance. <laughs> and you play it through, you see the Alliance side of that. And <laughs> the Alliance side goes, they're not even using that lumber. It's just rotten and laying there in piles. They just want to cut down the forest. I was like, well, so it was just this Wait weird a minute, thing. They like, lied? <laughs> so the horde, the alliance is like, look at all that lumber that they just have laying around. It's rotten because they're leaving it in the mud. It's disgusting. They're cutting down this forest just to cut down the forest. 
And when you're Horde, it's like, oh, the Night Elves are trying to stop us from building. It's like, dude, you're not even building. You're cutting <laughs> trees down. That's all you're doing. You're cutting the trees down. And that's the kind of, like, Horde silly evil. Where it's like They're just doing evil things for the sake of it. And this yeah. is why, this is why, this is actually an illustrated reason why I have a character on both sides of the faction fence. Because I like playing both sides to see what's really going on. It's just all the time the Horde quests are like, we're defending this super evil thing we're doing and making it sound like it's actually important. And the Alliance side of the quest is, they're just being jerks. <laughs> doing it for no reason. They're just doing it because it's our trees. But yeah, so it's basically it comes down to, like, like I said, there's no right or wrong in terms of what you feel like playing. It's just that it is kind of hard to like, sometimes it's kind of hard to look at the stuff the horde does. Like I, I still, I'm, I'll, I'll always remember this. This is a classic get quest. Uh, Undercity apothecary sends me to Ashara to find these glowing pools because there's a sick Torin and he's trying to figure out what made her sick. Oh no, that was terrible. Yeah. So you go do this quest. Now I'm playing a Torin, mind you. So I'm like, I'm going to help my people. One of my people is sick. I'm going to help him. I do this whole quest chain. I come back. He's like, ah, yes, that's what did it. And he kills her with it right in front of me. And I'm sitting there going, why don't, why don't I have an option to chop his head off with my axe? I have an axe. He's right there. Why can't I kill him? He just killed her right in front of me. She's one of my people. That kind of thing has never gone away. I've never forgotten it. It's always stuck with my head. I always, I so wanted that guy to turn out to be Putris. So that when I finally killed Putris, it'll be like, ha ha sweet vengeance. But it was I did, uh, I, I think, I see, and the thing is, is like, you know, I say, well, I'm a completionist, so I only like to play one character. But I do get the whole appeal of playing alts, and because it's it's collecting on a different level. Mm-hmm. Instead of collecting every achievement, every piece of pretty gear you can find, you know, every doing every quest or anything like that, you're collecting all the character combinations you could possibly collect, and that's kind of like a different level of collecting. Yeah. Up to about fifty. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's it's a level of collecting that I've never really been interested in. So, all right. Um, next email is from, I believe, I'm not sure if he's saying sincerely. Antics on Airy Peak, or sincerely Antics on Airy Peak, but yeah, I think someone named Antics on Airy Peak sent this. So probably sincerely that, that's, Antics. That's a cool name. I'm gonna straight up. I like Antics. What are you up to? I think Antics, antics is a great name. I like names. I like names that are just words. So, dear Blizzard Watch Crew. After watching the Legion teasers and playing back through uh, Kata and Mists to level alts, I've come to notice how it seems like Anduin has gone down almost the same path as young Arthas, especially after the scene with Varian and Khadgar talking about the Legion invasion coming. Am I just imagining this, or, or is there something there? Uh, sincerely, Antics. Uh, I don't know if you're imagining it. It's, it's interesting to conjecture about Anduin you know, possibly following in Arthas' footsteps. I don't see that at all, but okay. Well, the reason I think it's interesting is because in War Crimes, when Garrosh is talking to Anduin, and he, comp- he Anduin thinks Garrosh is comparing Anduin to Arthas and gets really mad, and Garrosh finally says, "You know, no, you're not like him at all." But it's I, me. Th- I wor- yeah, I worry if I am, and that's like it's this moment of like Garrosh doesn't get a lot of character moments of of realization. They don't give Garrosh a lot of Mm-mm. deep thoughts, but they gave him that one. And I liked it because it shows that there is more to the character than just being a brute. Anduin is not the reason Anduin's not a good Arthas alike because because Anduin Anduin doesn't have that driven necessity to just 
I will hunt this guy down and kill him no matter what. No matter what it costs me. No matter and what I have to do. And it's more like, I, I will find that guy and then I'm going to talk to him. No matter what it costs me. Andrew, no matter what it costs me, we're going to have a good conversation, sit down. Anduin actually reminds me of a retread of Jaina's story. A little bit, yeah. Uh, a little Jaina bit. is very much, okay, we have to come together to save the world. We're going to fight for peace, peace, peace. And it kept biting her in the butt. And now here's Anduin going, okay, I can pull the factions together. We're going to have peace. And it keeps biting him in the butt and things like he gets a bell dropped on him and all this. And it's the same kind of uh, what, what they're going for just isn't working and probably he will never work. He bounced back. He bounced back really well from that whole body being yeah, crushed like, by a bell thing. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, the loving ministrations of his, you know, his. Well, Velen apparently kind of showed up to take care well, of I mean, him. All, so he I guess to, all he had to do was cast a healing spell on himself. So well, he was unconscious. You can't yeah, cast a healing spell on yourself. And yeah. smushed, partially smushed. He was kind of like smushed. Did friends. he like seriously? Didn't he have like a broken arm and a broken leg at one point? Like, were, wasn't he propped up on chairs with like multiple? Like, broken yeah, things? when he was sitting, when he was sitting with uh, Rathion, I think he had various casts on his person. Yeah, I, I don't. Correctly. I think possibly if you want an Arthas, you definitely don't want to look Anduin's way. Anduin is not a good choice. I, yeah, I don't think he he's not the same type of character because Arthas was very much about doing good in the world, but he was also kind of ruthless about doing it. Yeah. And he was much more of a warrior than he was a, a thinker or a scholar. To be fair, I think Anduin's home is in a much better state than Lordaeron was during Arthas's whole thing. Well, plus, I mean, you know, th that's true. And plus, Arthas was always the fighting type of paladin. Yeah. Like he was right all the way. He like never specked anything else. And he was a paladin. And he was a paladin from a young age. Like he started the training when he was like what? I don't know, ten? How old was he? He was not very old. He wasn't very old. Yeah. And so Anduin never had that. Anduin like got thrown into a position of having to you know Anduin was basically told, Okay, you're the king now when he was a very small child. Because his father was gone. Uh the only person he really had taking care of him was Bolvar who was doing the job, but Anduin had the responsibility. And that was from a very young age, and it's kind of shaped him. You, you always get the sense that the last thing Anduin wants is to be king. Yeah, because he had a taste of that already, and it ended with a dragon in the throne room, and he didn't really care for that at all. Yeah, he's not... <laughs> he, is, he is not the kind of person who's ever going to show up and kill his dad to take his job. I no. can imagine if, if Anduin went evil, like his idea of a, like a horrible fate for his father would be to make his father live another hundred years and stay king. Yeah. He's like, now I will cast my, my malevolent magics upon you. You will live forever. What? Why? Because now you have to be king. Discreet okay. in the chat channel pointed out that perhaps he just meant the appearance, like Anduin looks a lot physically like well, Arthas. All and he does Blizzard, a little bit, yeah. All of Blizzard princes look like Arthas. Blonde yeah. prince. I mean, prince's V whatever from StarCraft looks like space Arthas. Yeah, I was just watching that, actually. there's a. I was watching the um, Heart of the Swarm stuff. There's a part where uh, Kerrigan talks to him, and he, uh, he's, he's... First off, he's rocking the exact same outfit as Antwin. Yeah. <laughs> Th those two, these two guys could seriously... If Blizzard had decided to do like a reality dating show with their characters... Like the Bachelorette or something, you could have these two guys both be like on it, and they'd be like, you know, sitting next to each other, and you'd be like, "Do you pick this guy or this guy? Aren't they the same guy?" Yeah, pretty much. Like they, down to I care about my people. Like who was it? Wasn't it like Valerian? 
And yeah. Starcraft looks Valerian. a lot like him. Yeah, Valyrian yeah. Manx. Yeah. Okay. It, all their Blizzard princes are identical. They're they're the same. There's Arthas, there's Stormwind Arthas, and there's Space Arthas. Space Arthas. Yeah. <laughs> they basically they they like blonde, blue eyed princey types. That's you know, that's He's what they do. He's a Disney do. prince. Yeah, basically, seriously, that that is what that's what in terms of appearance. Yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. He definitely doesn't. He looks. If you've ever seen the comic book, they they have a few illustrations of Tiffin Wren. He yeah. looks like Tiffin. He straight he up looks like his mom. He doesn't look anything like his dad. She's blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. Well, Varian's got the blue eyes, so. Yeah, but Varian's got that, like, you know, the the ridiculous face scar. I'm sorry. Every time I look at the face scar, I think to myself, dude, that looks like you did it to yourself because you thought it would look cool. Varian is an anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah okay. He's got the ponytail thing going on the hair and the chin. Yeah, well, yes, the chin. Uh, this one, I'm actually going to read this short one first because I want to actually hear Alex talk about it. Uh, what do you think about the idea of a Blizzard Watch store? Uh, XOXO, uh, Rhett Pally Jill. Uh, Rhett Pally Jill knows exactly what I think about the idea of the Blizzard Watch store because she is working on it for us right now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great, and I'd love to see it quite soon. A-plus okay. work. There you go, then. I thought you would want to answer that one, so there you go. Uh, the next one is from Shad, a Blood Elf prodded in um, Hygel Horde, U.S., and this one is, hi guys and gals. Um, a recent guild discussion centered around why the developers are including so many fan-pleasing elements, such as demon hunters, the return of Valerian Teralian, and the possible transmog system changes. The theories were, devs want to regain old players after the disappointment of warlords by giving the players what they've been asking for. Devs are throwing in as much as they can from past Warcraft storylines so they can wrap them all up and so the future expansions can be more to branch out on new content that is disconnected from Warcraft 3 and the Burning Legion. The company feels WoW won't be its premier game in the future, so they're going giving it one last hurrah before they move their assets towards another endeavors, meaning WoW will become less developed after Legion. WoW 2 is going to happen because the game has gotten clunky in lore and old content and systems storage on a computer, and the next expansion will set it up. Do any of these theories hold water with you all? Do you have a different theory? Uh, Shad, Blood Elf, brought it in. Name an Tell expansion it. that hasn't had this level of fan-pleasing elements. They're not necessarily always pleasing the same fans, but they're pleasing somebody. Warlords of Draenor was pretty fan service for people who liked orcs in the old Warcraft games. Yeah. And Cataclysm was for people who enjoyed Deathwing and the Dragonflights. And, and they, even Mr. Pandaria was for people who were really gung-ho about that old April Fool's joke. Yeah, I mean the Pandaria thing. wanted to see Pandaren as like a thing. Yeah, I mean, there's totally the same thing. It's like, they're adding Pandaren for fan service for Warcraft 3 players, or they're making it child-friendly to bring in the Disney audience or whatever. Like, every expansion has some theories about this, and there's always some level of fan service where people are like, oh, this is just to make blah, blah, blah. Well, first off, can we, say one, can we say one thing up, up, the, up front, though? People use the word fan service when they want to be, like, negative about this. But let's be honest they are trying to make us want to play the video game. That they would like to make they, us happy. That is that is the goal, is to give you things you like will play. They would like but, to give us something cool that we would like to see. Yeah, I mean, the absence <laughs> of fan service is you are not serving your fans unless you've created something none of them want to play. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, what, <laughs> Which is what kinda, are your options? That's like the worst thing you could do to a video game. So, you know. Yeah, they're, they're going to give you fan, quote-unquote, fan-pleasing elements if they can because that's what they want to do. They want you to be like, wow. I mean, and for all that there is some disappointment in terms of Warlords of Draenor, I've argued before and I'll argue since that the game itself is not as bad as some of the negative criticism. The negative criticism ultimately didn't come from didn't come from the thing not being fan pleasing. It came from it not giving us enough. Like if they had, if we'd had like you know the the quality of patches we had with with Mists of Pandaria, if we'd had that level of patching in Warlords of Draenor, I think a lot of people would have been thrilled with it. It was that we got to a certain point and the game stopped. Do you know what I'm saying? The danger isn't that they give us too much stuff we like. The danger is either they, they give, give us, us enough. <laughs> yeah. Either they don't give us stuff we like or they give us stuff we like and then stop giving us anything. I mean, Those all, ten- all of that said, I think fan- uh, this is just my opinion. It's not anybody else's. I'm not going to try projecting it. But uh, from where I stand, I don't see bringing Illidan back as fan service. I think it's kind of cheap. I think it's kind of lame. Like we. You don't have to keep bringing those guys back, but I don't think it's fan service so much as not particularly creative. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that they're bringing him back. I'm going to take the opposite stance. I'm sorry, Alex. That's fine. I'm kind of glad that they're bringing him back because I don't think that he really got a fair shake in Burning Crusade at all. Well, yeah, that's kind of that kind of ties into it. There's when they keep bringing these characters back, it means they weren't finished telling that character's story. Yeah. So why kill them to begin with? They do this a lot with characters. Like comic well, books do it a lot. They're like, okay, we're going to kill this guy, but now we're bringing him back. It's like, well, if you just killed him as like a cheap ending, you clearly weren't done with the characters, so you shouldn't have killed him to begin with. You just well, wanted to do something interesting. Yeah. In, in the case of World of Warcraft, because that's really what we're talking about right now, the problem why I was always had is that people don't really like fights that end with the guy not dying. Like there was a lot of complaint about Garrosh when you you don't kill him at the end. People don't like it, even though people also get mad. That's why people automatically say, "Oh, I hope he's not a boss," because they don't want to kill it. Yeah. But when they don't kill it, then they get mad because they feel like they got cheated. I think you can set the expectations, though. If you, I do, I just think in general, sometimes it's better for characters not to be bosses. Yeah. Yeah. You can have like, Illidan <clears throat> in the game. <clears throat> Fandral. Anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Fandral is an example of a character that really we didn't need to kill there at all. There's so much more that could have been done with him. And I, I think so they can work more. this into kind of the arc of a raid. If you go, okay, we have to go in here and capture Illidan. Well, you know, go look at, right now, here's the thing. Go look at, for if you even if you'd like or dislike Hellfire Citadel, Hellfire Citadel is a good example of an entire raid where you don't kill Gul'dan. No. And you don't even fight Gul'dan, but Gul'dan's all over the raid. But there's, yeah, there's plenty of stuff going on in there where he features, so. You can do a fight that doesn't actually have the, that character as a killable boss, and it can work fine. You can have a fight where, as Alex said, you're going to capture him. Yeah, you can like, even have fights where, you know, just straight up you beat him, and that's good enough. Like, when we beat Kill Jaden, you beat him. But you don't kill him. He just gets sucked back in the portal. Yeah, if you, if you go, okay, if I'm going into a raid, and throughout this raid, this guy's like, okay, we have to reach this person and 
contain him and take him in and bring him to justice. Like, okay, that's what we're going to do at the end of this raid. We're going to bring him in and bring him to justice. If they don't do that, and I get to this end boss, and I fight him, and I beat him, and I get a cutscene where there's an NPC going, no, 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 we can't kill him now. I was like, but I came in here to do that. <laughs> Tell me ahead of time we're not here to do that, because I couldn't have done it. Honestly, though, one thing I would love to see, and I don't know if we'll ever get this, but I've always wanted to see it, is I want us to get to the part where we climb up. To, we go up. To, we use the Lich King example. You get all the way through, you know, Ice Crown Citadel. You get to the top. You fight him. You fight him. Fight him. And then you remember the part where he kills you? Yes. Yeah. Imagine if the fight had stopped there. <laughs> and he just swanned off. He just he kicks your butt and he swans off. He's like, I'm done. And leaves. And, you know, you get rezzed and you're like, what happened? You're like, you lost. The Lich King's going to go on. Can you imagine that? Like, you know. In, in, that would in be half, really that would unsatisfying. Make, that, that would make people pretty mad. <laughs> yeah. I know. But at the same really time, imagine if that led right into the next expansion. Like, the end of – my biggest problem with the end of Hellfire Citadel is, you know, we get it's, – it's a character you don't even fight as a boss. It's Grom. Grom drives me nuts. Like, yeah, we're free. We're all free now. This is your fault. Yeah. And I think at so, they might. I'm just going to interject here with a fist pump and hope everybody agrees with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody and just kind of like stares at him. Ross, okay. I think the thing you said about the Lich King, I think that could work, but they have to set the expectations for that first. Like if they're going to do that repeatedly where this end boss is kind of a longer lasting thing. They could come out and say, okay, Wrath of the Lich King is going to take place in two or three episodes. You're going to face off against the Lich King, but you're not going to beat him. And then they set that standard. And in future expansions, they could do that without telling you. It's just yeah, we've I, been doing this for so long where you do kill the guy. That's what we expect every single time. See, I actually yeah. think in terms, of, in terms of what I'm talking about is I don't necessarily mean the Lich King because he's the end right, boss of the, whole, of the whole experience. But I'm thinking like imagine if we got to the end boss of like the mid-tier raid and we got our butts kicked. Oh, even like setting like one of Black the Hands, that, yeah, kicked us, kicked us right on out, yeah, yeah. If Black Hand, you know, we we fought our way through, but Black Hand was having none of it, and then you feel like, oh my God, these guys are actually a menace. Because my biggest problem with with Warlords is that by the time we get to Hellfire, I we have raffle stomped our way through most of the Warlords. <laughs> like these are these are your guys. This was your big threat. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you I hope you brought something more? Because like, seriously, you're down to two warlords at this point. Between the between the raids, the dungeons, and the camp garrison campaign, I have cleaned house on your warlords. You got no more warlords left. You got you got Kilrog, Kilrog, the only one who hasn't shown up till now. It's like seriously, dude. What what do you got for me? You got any, oh, you've got Gul'dan and, and Demon Blood. Well, I haven't seen that before. Oh, and and demons, lots of demons. Yeah, that's that's new. And green ooze, great. So yeah, Nickelodeon the the, the raid. That's 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 awesome. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's just seriously like it's one of the things that has always bugged me is this the the never losing thing. Occasionally, it's okay for us to lose to set up that these things are actually effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, like I said, I, you know, I think they could do these things. They just need. To softball it first, to set expectations, saying you're not always going to kill the guy. I, I just, do think we should, yeah. No, I don't want to Be upfront about it at least once, and then once that standard is set, we know things are not always going to happen the exact same way. 
as far as like the rest of these theories go, though, yeah, we should at least go through about, theories. You know, devs want to regain old players after the disappointment of Warlords by giving the players what they're, you know, all of this other stuff. This is stuff that I've heard at the end, like pretty much with every expansion announcement ever. People always have these theories. And as far as the stuff that they're throwing in with Legion, it doesn't hold water because Legion is a story that they've been wanting to tell. And they've been, they were developing Legion while they were developing warlords. Like I mean, these, these, these stories are interlinked in a way like this, this is stuff that's already been written. They didn't I, just throw these I things in there last like, minute. <laughs> I do feel like personally, I didn't think warlords Drainer was very good beyond the basic, like the questing stuff. That was all really good. But past that, I thought it was kind of a crap expansion, honestly. But I don't necessarily, and I hope it being not very good does drive them to work harder and make cooler stuff for Legion. But uh, I won't say, oh, Legion is going to be good because Warlords was bad, or they're beginning desperate, or whatever. I just hope they make a better expansion than Warlords. I will say this much, though. Of these theories, the one that I'm never going to believe at this point is WoW 2. Yeah, everybody keeps, I've, Everybody always says that. <laughs> here's why, Here's one 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 game name that will tell you why I don't think there's going to be a WoW 2. EverQuest 2. Yeah. Don't split your fan base. Yeah, it splits the fan base. Uh, people are you know going to cling to whichever one is perceived as better. Some people move on. Some people won't. Uh, and if, if you have 500,000 subscribers, you might still only have 500,000 subscribers, but 250,000 of them are playing one game and 250,000 are playing the other one when you could just have one bigger community. And I'll tell you yeah. right now, they're never going to do a thing where they sh- they close down WoW and open like WoW 2 because uh, there are people who, who come back every expansion. Those people are not going to come back for WoW 2. WoW 2 is going to be the death of their character. Yeah. yeah, their character will be dead over in WoW. They're not, and they're not going to want to recreate him and start over from scratch. They come back, they play for a few months, and then they leave again. When they come back, that's subs money. Uh, they're, that Blizzard is not going to want to leave on the table. They're not going to want to to drive those returning players who come back from nostalgia away. They want to keep them over and over again. They'll buy the new expansion, they'll play for a few months, then they leave. Why wouldn't you want them? They'll come back again. Yeah. There's no reason that, that they'd want to, to like make a situation where they, they might lose people like that. I, I just, no. It's wow to, I'm, I'm never going to say never when it comes to Blizzard, but I, I would be amazed if wow to ever gets announced. I just, they'll just keep also, making wow expansions. I also don't feel like, you know, saying that wow isn't going to be their premier game. It is their premier. They have so many subscribers. For this. I mean, even, even yes, subscription numbers are down. Absolutely. That's, that's like fact. You can see that on every earnings call that the subscriber base has been going down. But the subscriber base that they have right now is still above and beyond pretty much any other MMO on the market. So if you why talk- would they ever want to ax that? <laughs> All the other MMOs talk about accounts. Yeah. Like when we've had the big, you know, Final Fantasy the news recently, they talked about having we're up to five million accounts. WoW has over one hundred million accounts. Accounts yeah, just players some, are a different yeah. story. Accounts means almost nothing. Accounts is who signs up to play. Yeah. You know, if you played for a week, are people that are actively paying and playing. 
did you sign up and then play for a week and then stop? You're, congratulations, you're, you're one of those accounts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Blizzard's games also do kind of... Uh, there's just a completely different scale to take into consideration. I mean, they make yeah. some of the largest PC games, period. So, yeah, maybe WoW isn't their premier game anymore, but we're still talking the largest MMO, at least in this hemisphere, right? And yeah. or in this side of the world, at least. Uh, but WoW isn't necessarily a premier game, because they also have Hearthstone, which is like the world's largest it's card again. game. It's just a different type of game. They have Heroes of the Storm, which is not the largest MOBA, but it's still pretty doing pretty darn well for itself. Something like nine million. They were yeah, up to like I mean, nine million last time it was checked. Heroes of the Storm isn't gonna match up to Dota Two or League of Legends, but it's still a pretty darn big game. So like that's the scale you're working with. When even if WoW isn't their premier game, they are making many millions. So they're not gonna dump it. Yeah. yeah. But that's basically uh that's it for our emails for the week. That wraps us up for today. Um, okay, Anne, would you like to tell people how they can support the, the site and everything we do? Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast, or even the queue, and an ads-free site experience, too. Thank you, Anne. And thanks, everybody, for listening and joining us on the podcast. Uh, if you've got any questions you'd like answered on the show, uh, you can email them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We'd love to hear them. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi, and we'll see you guys next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.